What's going on, you precariously perched parakeets? Welcome to episode 12 of Total Pod Mode. My name's James, also known as Mr. Bones, and once again, I am joined by the mighty Will, also known as Hula How you doing there, man? Feeling good, man. Glad to be with you. Another Friday, another podcast. Ready to lay it down for the listeners. Have a nice little dance you're doing there? Yeah, I got a little jig on. I'm just vibing. I was vibing to your intro, man. Ready for this week. You got me pumped for this episode, man. Where am I? What are we talking about? Am I alive? Do you know what, man? After the last few weeks, it's pretty surprising that you are, to be honest. We've had blood loss. We've had appendages removed. Well, removed, reattached, and then exercised, you know. It's the blood loss, really. That's the main thing. Yeah, the blood loss was concerning. That's probably why you're passing out mid-sentence. That's probably what it is. That that might play into it, perhaps. Perhaps. I miss our shaman, bro. i got to say, I know we kind of like... Played it a little cold on the exit last week, but, you know. And by we, you mean you. Yes. I did, for a short time, consider him a close friend. Well, if there's any consolation, well, he thinks you're a dick. No, that's that's not true. I refuse to If you If you remember, I got his card. I took his deets at the end of last episode because I thought he was cool. Well... You failed to take his deets, and he was quite offended by that, especially after you said you know where the door is. That, well, I mean, I wasn't wrong. You weren't wrong, he did know yeah. that. Look, okay, I didn't want to admit it, but I did hold on to his tambourine, okay? So that clearly tells you something. That you're a thief? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mm, Uh, Details, details. Look, uh, okay, you say thief, I say sentimental memento holder. To be fair, he did mention that to me. He's kind of pissed given that he, you know, made it out of the bones of his favourite goat. Oh, right, okay. That might explain some of the weird that's been happening lately (laughs) i mean like i was trying to use it i was practicing a little bit of voodoo magic along the way you know just trying to see what this is gonna fucking go well isn't it yeah well you know it was you know i just i I missed him so much i wanted to i don't know see if i could summon him um i haven't been all that successful in my experiments so far although you know you perhaps magical things could be happening. Last night, I think that I made two cats start a fight outside my window. Um, that was pretty cool. Did you piss outside or something? That normally does it. No, but speaking of that, uh, there was a neighborhood crackhead who I whacked out the tambourine and he stopped pissing up my flat wall. That was that was cool. He was pissing up the uh, outside of the wall there and I uh, gave him a little tambourine shake. And, uh, yeah, sorted him right out. He stopped. He did stop pissing, so I'm going to say that that was perhaps a magical occurrence. Um, I made the bin men arrive on time yesterday. That was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, quite, you know, there's definitely still some residual magic left over in the goat tambourine. Either that, or everything has just been coincidence to this point. I don't want to doubt you. I Listen, mean, man, right? if you're going to tell me that shaking a tambourine at a crackhead pissing up the wall and two cats fighting outside my window and the bin men turning up on time aren't magical occurrences, then you can... I just don't know whether you really believe in magic. I've heard cats fighting outside windows enough times to know that shit ain't magic. There is a lot of voodoo guys around, evidently. I mean, I met one in the pub. Yeah, one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I bet you don't even know his name. Shaman, bro. He never took exception to me calling him that, at least, so I just assumed we we could run with that. Well, 
maybe you shouldn't assume. Maybe you should try and learn things about people. What, what is this? Are you trying to make me feel guilty now? I, I don't understand what this is. Am I now being targeted because of my mistreatment of the show? Are you and him in cahoots now or something? What's going on there? Hey, nothing's going on, man, but you're sounding a bit jealous, to be honest. Uh, well, you know... I wouldn't go there. Perhaps... Perhaps. I'm here with you, and I? You are, yeah. I didn't start the the Shame and Bro and James podcast, did I? No, that, that well, not to my knowledge. That, that hasn't happened yet. All right, well, we better move on. As always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts from, because we live everywhere in podcast land. Just search for Total Pod Mode and you're sure to find us. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pop Mode, all one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. Now that that's all said and done, let's get to the catch-up, baby! On to the catch-up, motherfucker! So, Will... What have you been playing this week, man? Well, James, it'll probably come as not much of a surprise to you that I've gotten pretty heavily into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 this week. No, it's so, such a little surprise I nearly wrote it <laughs> in the run sheet. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that's basically all I've been playing. I have played two aspects of it. Obviously, we mentioned uh, as of last week at the time that they had just released the multiplayer, so I was very much looking forward to getting yep. into that. And I spent quite a bit of time this week mostly sort of grinding and leveling out characters and trying to get access to various skins and things like that. Cool. Talk to me about the multiplayer, man. How is it? Is it breaking any boundaries? What's going on? It's really not breaking any boundaries, no. It's ah, it's very much it's gutted. Sort of <laughs> gutted, really? Are you, yeah. you surprised? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm just a bit like, ah. Yeah, it's... Shame, it? I mean, graphically, it feels like uh, kind of, I would say, a minor improvement on the previous Modern Warfare online. Um, I think that the campaign, they've obviously dialed the graphics up higher on that because they, they tend to do that. Can I just quickly clarify, when, we say, when you say the last Modern Warfare, do you mean... The one that came out like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I'll clarify. I meant the yeah. uh, the Modern Warfare that came out two or three years ago. Yeah. Not Modern Warfare 2, old one. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I was going to say, because I'd, I'd be pretty disappointed if they hadn't made the graphics, the graphics much better from, since then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I say, there isn't a huge improvement from uh, the previous title. But, Probably not too surprising, to be fair. No, um, you know, I, I did think that the last game looked good, so this by no means means that it looks like a bad game. Uh, you know, it's not it's not blowing your mind, but, you know, hey, that's not kind of what I play Call of Duty games, nor, I think, really what they're pitched for. Certainly not, as long as they don't look shit. Yeah, yeah. I've been grinding out uh, a few of the multiplayer items. My main sort of aim for this week has been to get the lime green camouflage of course, of course. All of yeah. my weapons. Uh, and to do that, I actually spent a long, long time thinking that for some reason, I don't know what happened, but I completely misread, or I guess I just didn't properly read the requirements at all. <laughs> and I ended up grinding a gun to its maximum experience level, only to find that the actual requirement was to lie on the ground and kill 30 enemies Bruh. <laughs> with the gun. <laughs> so somehow I misread or confused it with another achievement. And I sat there and I got the gun to the max uh, weapon experience level and then within about five minutes had unlocked it using the, the actual method, which was yeah, yeah. just to lie prone and uh, <laughs> and get the kill. So, yeah, that was that was quite an endeavour. Was it at least a good gun? Or did you sort of grind this shitty gun up thinking that's what you had to do and then it turns out that actually, no, it was all right? It, 
wasn't a terrible gun. Um, I'll be honest, I can't actually remember the name of it, but it was a submachine gun, one of the early ones right. that you get, and I had a special skin for it as well. FSS Scorched, I think it is, but yeah. That sounds like a Call of Duty gun, yeah. Yeah, just about right. I can believe yeah. it, yeah. And it was good, except, you know, when you get to long range, I was noticing that some occasions I was hitting people upwards of four times, uh, and they weren't going down from a distance, so that's kind of a bit of an issue for me in a Call of Duty game, because they typically, the time to kill is quite fast, and if they're shooting you yeah, with yeah. an assault rifle at the same distance, you'll lose out. But, you know, that's kind of the SMG game in Call of Duty, right? They're great up close and great for sprinting around at, but you should theoretically lose out to an assault rifle yeah, at the shout same out to range. The P90. Yeah, you like the P90? Yeah, I love a P90. Um, I always, I'm a big fan of just the classic Uzi as well for the submachine guns. I don't know why, I just like the design of that. And oh, I should say actually, the reason why I've actually been grinding out these lime green skins is because I play with a good friend of mine, Shower Gem, and we actually uh, we run a kind of a Cosmo on Wonder duo class on Call of Duty. He goes acid pink, I go acid green. Uh, we both equip riot shields, molotovs, tear grass grenades, and dragon's breath shotguns, which essentially yeah. means that when you fire the shotgun shell, it shoots fire out as well. And we just, just kind of terrorize in a duo and sit there laughing like absolute babies over uh, over the, the toxicity that we're <laughs> exhibiting on the uh, on the servers. And what's really funny is that you do notice that when you're actually in the server, eventually you'll start to notice other players cotton on and then just begin doing the same thing because they take this kind of mentality of, oh, if you can't beat them, might as well yeah. join them. And then before you know it, everyone's rocking Molotovs, tear gas, riot shields, just kind of cottoned on to the fact that that's how the tide of the game is going. Hashtag trendsetters. Yeah, that's I'm <laughs> absolutely, mate. Yeah, we make the meta. We are the meta, man. We are the fucking meta. Oh, don't let Zuckerberg hear you say that. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legal implications there. Allegedly, allegedly, I'm the meta. Uh, I think if you say the meta, you're all right, as long as you don't say you're meta. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, I think you're good legally. Um, so at this point, I am currently like half a level away from unlocking uh, the riot shield. I got my nice. tear gas, I got my molotovs, I got my dragon's breath through my trials and tribulations of grinding the shotgun. Um, there's some kind of cool things I've noticed with this game. Uh, one thing I noticed actually by the virtue of leveling that gun up to maximum, the SMG, was actually that you once you have leveled it up, as well as the attachments that you can unlock for it, you can also do this thing called tuning, and that will essentially allow you to sort of increase the weight or the length of various attachments, each individual attachment, and that will enable you to fine-tune things to kind of slightly change the balance towards aim down sight speed versus hip fire walking speed or sprinting speed versus aim down sight speed. Honestly, the impact is very minimal, but it's nice to just have that extra little level it's of customization yeah. option. And yeah, I like it. It's appreciated. And it's just that one bit further than the previous title. Also, I, I guess just thinking about things that are new... Uh, I've noticed there's a grenade, uh, some sort of drill grenade that you can throw at a wall and it will actually burrow through the wall and take out whatever's on the other side. So oh. you can actually use that for anti-camping sort of techniques because if you, you know, you run past a room, get killed by the dude sat lying in there, next time you know where he is, just go chuck a grenade on the other side of the wall and he'll get fucked by it. Can they not hear it coming then? I Surely you'd hear... <laughs> I can only assume that it uh, doesn't take very long for it to detonate. And I have, have actually, there have been times in the game while I was playing with Jem, we were both thinking, where are we getting shot from? Where is it coming from? 
turns out that must have been what was causing it. Sounds like you're having a good time with it though, man. Have you touched the campaign at all as, as well? Or have you really just been focusing on the multiplayer like with Gem on your own, whatever? Mostly really focusing on the multiplayer, but I did manage to stick an extra hour and a bit into the campaign uh, slightly before recording. Um, I played and I finished off the mission that I started the other week where you were running in the AC-130. Nice. Uh, you went up actually capturing the guy that, uh, that you've been trying to capture uh, watching the team that you usually play as going in from the ground level. So you're kind of covering those guys. And eventually, I think the Mexican army show up because, uh, as I mentioned last week, the terrorists are in league with the cartel uh, and you end up having to provide loads of air support. My point still stands that there isn't very much that I've done in this game so far that means that actually you're doing something new that you haven't done in a previous Call of Duty title. Yeah. Uh, the last mission that I was in, I was sneaking around in a ghillie suit and avoiding loads of people just like you do at the end of the original and remastered bit of the Modern Warfare title. That, it felt that, that sounds awfully familiar. Very familiar. Yeah, absolutely. Even to the point where they just recreate the same moment. Now, this is the thing that I'm slightly confused about, is that I'm thinking, are they trying to do this as kind of... I assume this must be nods to the previous titles, right? When they Has just do be, moments right? like that. Yeah. But it's also slightly confusing to me because they're kind of remaking them. They've called them the same name. It's clearly supposed to be an alternate timeline, kind of like this is the new established universe of the Call of Duty franchise as a whole sort of thing. They've essentially discarded what happened, I believe, in previous titles. Right. So we'll see just how much this ends up differing from the previous Modern Warfare 1 and 2. Fair. I mean, has it got any of the same characters in it? Yeah, it's got loads of the same characters. Yeah, absolutely. Captain Price is in there, Soap's in there, uh, Gaz was in there, but I think Gaz has kind of changed character, I think. Yeah, he goes by Gareth now. Just Gareth. <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> oh, is it Gavin? Oh, Gaz is Gavin, I think, yeah. I'm having a good time with it still, uh, enjoying playing my way through the campaign, uh, and I'm, I've got to say at this point, mostly doing that because it's a requirement to unlock certain operators, <laughs> and yeah. I have my eye on uh, a couple operators there that I'd like to get. Well, the rumour and innuendo is that it's only six hours of campaign, so you could probably bosh that out relatively quickly if you put your mind to it. So that really is about uh, all I've played this week. It feels like it's advanced in the right ways in terms of the multiplayer and it's retained the kind of the classic feel uh, as well. So, you know, absolutely no complaints. few bugs, a few noticeable bugs. No, but only don't sort be of... silly. <laughs> in a AAA modern day game released yeah. in the last week or two? No. In an Activision game? No. <laughs> but they appear to be mostly visual. Unfortunately, you probably expect it. I tell you what, no, that is a, a slight lie. Occasionally I'm walking around and a massive black hole just envelopes me and sends me into another dimension and then I walk around and eventually emerge on the other side and, uh, you know, suddenly things come back into view. Are you, are you sure you didn't just pass out in midway through? <laughs> I mean, we can't rule it out. Are you being serious, though? You you get... What's the black hole dimension thing about? Is that yeah, bug, yeah, that's that's it... yeah, serious. It's, it's a bug. It's just a very weird visual glitch where occasionally I'm standing still and then I'll be looking around and all I can say is just a weird black circle sort of expands on the screen and it does seem relative to where you're looking. As you look around, it kind of follows the environment and if it starts to open, much like Slender Man, if you look away from it, it kind of stops. But the more you look at it, the more it consumes you. And then oh, wow. once you're in the dark zone, you need to kind of like run through it and then you come out the other side. This seems like a weird nightmarish thing, but I'm pretty sure this it is does. just It does. It sounds kind of fucked up. Well, Halloween finished, mate. Yeah, Usually... Halloween's over, <laughs> Activision. Yeah, like, Jesus. Other than that, uh, nothing particularly game-breaking. And is that in the multiplayer or is that in the campaign? 
I haven't experienced it in the campaign so far. I've only experienced it in the multiplayer. It's no good if you're getting shot, is it? I think th that would obviously affect my opinion of it a lot more. But yeah, I think course, the fact yeah. that it tends to have happened in situations where it's pretty easy to avoid. And if anything, I'm actually, you know, as I mentioned, I've been indulging the uh, the bug a little bit by trying to yeah, wander yeah. around inside it and see what happens. So There might be an unlockable in there. You never know. Yeah, Deadly exactly. Strike, maybe, Imagine if I like find that. the battle pass. Yeah, you just find the battle yeah. pass. Never have to pay anything <laughs> for it. It's like, yep, free battle pass. Done. Golden ticket. What about you, man? What have you been up to this week, other than your challenge? Uh, pretty much nothing apart from the challenge, if I'm honest with you. Um, <laughs> it's kept you busy, has it? Uh, yeah. I mean, relatively speaking, we'll we'll get into that later. But I did manage to continue with God of War a little bit. Oh, very on the weekend. good. I, I say a little bit. I knew you couldn't keep yourself away. I knew it was happening. No, I couldn't, and it, it ruined my sleep pattern for the whole week, somewhat. <laughs> You were putting your regular waking hours into the challenge and then you were just overtiming into God of War. <laughs> well, no, so I haven't played God of War since Sunday night. Ah, okay, okay. So but you squeezed in just a few hours. Over Saturday and Sunday, I played for 20 odd hours. Wow, okay, Something nice. Like Damn. It shouldn't be a surprise given that it won Game of the Year back in 2018, right? But fuck me, it's a good game. Yeah, I know, I know. It's. Fully engrossing. I know this isn't exactly the hottest take in the world, and it's, you know, as I say, four years late, but my goodness. Like, you know, shout outs to Sai again. When when he told me that he couldn't believe that he'd kept it on this shelf for so long before playing it, I'm similar. I've I've had God of War on PlayStation since whenever I got the PlayStation 4. I can't remember when I bought it. 2019. It I think it was 2019. I think it was just poor COVID, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a good while after release of God of War. Yeah, yeah. So I've had it since then, and I'd only done up to the first Boulder fight. And I put it down because I wanted to play Bloodborne, and I was like, right, this is awesome, but my focus is Bloodborne. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. Why it's taken me so long to pick it up again, I, I, I have no idea. It's just fantastic. It looks excellent. It plays excellent. The storyline, oh my goodness. So, so, so good. Kratos's animations and mood and like spoilers for God of War but it's four years old get over yourselves the way that as things unfold and he finally tells um, Atreus about how you know I'm a god by the way yeah yeah sort of thing and the way that all unfolds and Atreus's reaction to it when he becomes a bit of a dick there for a bit that's right yeah but then he gets reined back in it's really touching and really moving and quite emotional. And it I is, really didn't expect it? that from Kratos. No, and let alone from a God of War game at all, you know. It's, well, yeah. uh, it really does take you by surprise. And uh, I think um, I've shown you some time ago uh, the video game Donkey review video of God of War. And the fact that he compares it to Up is uh, he's surprisingly yeah. relevant, actually, I think. I knew all this going in and it surprised the hell out of me still. And that, to me, is the sign of an excellent piece of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Like... I thought that I was getting towards the end of the game because of the way the story was progressing and mm. the way things were going. And then yeah. you just get bait and switched. And, yeah. and I think I even said to you, like, I'm sure that I'll get bait and switched. And it got me, even though I kind of knew it was coming. And it's mm. just, mm. and that is, again, it's just a sign of an excellently told story, a well-written narrative. And man, frankly, it's it's been so good that actually anything else that I've tried to play has been ruined as a result <laughs> a little bit. We did talk Which about we will that. get into later. Of yeah, course, I was going to but... say we talked about that a little earlier on in the week. Uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see just how much of this has hampered your opinion of uh, of Evil Within, just yeah. based on the fact that you weren't allowed to play, or you didn't have the time, rather, I should say, to to play God of War as such. It felt like I wasn't allowed to. Yeah, honestly, like, it really did because I, I saw. And this, this says more about me than it does about the game, probably. But I was like looking at it in my Steam library, thinking, like, man, I really want to be playing you. 
You can get your God of War once you've eaten your evil within. Exactly, yeah. And then obviously, because Ragnarok's coming out uh, on Tuesday next week, I think. Yeah, the hope is live. You're going to pick up a PS5, yeah? I, the, the thoughts cross my mind if I'm being totally honest. I'm not going to the but hype the of has God crossed... of War has got you now right yeah. well, no, but the problem is is that um, I listen to a lot of YouTube and it started advertising Ragnarok so and it's like if I can't skip the ad I have to mute it because it makes me upset that I haven't been able to play it yeah yeah and, and like that's the biggest praise I can give God of War is that I'm getting upset that the fact that I haven't been able to play it. You're going to have to wait for at least, you know, bare minimum a couple of years sort of thing to get hold of oh, this yeah. PC. Yeah. And, I, and I'm honestly okay with that. Because <laughs> I know, because I, I think that I, I, I don't want to call my shot too early, but I think there's a strong chance that I'm probably going to try and 100% God of War. Yeah, 100%, man. It's a worthy, worthy goal. Because it's just so good and the world's so well built. I want to go exploring it. It's one of the few games I've ever played where I almost don't want to fast travel often. I'll be honest, I forgot there was a fast travel. <laughs> I never used it, ever. <laughs> no, and that's the thing, I have used it, but when I'm in exploration mode, I typically, I, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to get in the boat, I want to hear Mimir's stories, I want to hear the banter, I want to exactly that. just yeah. see the world. I mean, it's just it's just beautiful. That was something I wanted to, to mention about the, the way that the game is told, and you mentioned the storytelling there. It's, it's the way it's kind of delivered in the fact that you have little background conversations between the characters, which are usually quite intriguing, they can be quite funny sometimes. And they kind of seem like quite a world away from some of the stuff that you're doing outside of those, yeah. like, traveling to the location sort of thing. And then they're also tied together with these kind of really compelling cutscenes that are really well voice acted. The animations are done so well. All the motion capture is done. Obviously, the graphics we all know are absolutely gorgeous. It gives it a really kind of... Uh, Hollywood movie feel and you know you're just waiting for some sort of announcement of a God of War TV series or a God of War movie or something crazy through the roof budget it wouldn't surprise me at all providing that say something like uh, the upcoming Last of Us TV series is successful wouldn't at all surprise me if we saw Kratos on a TV screen yeah so long as Netflix don't get it we'll have to see because HBO are handling Last of Us aren't they so hopefully provided that's good it seems to have a lot of involvement from the uh, the series producers, whereas Netflix, it sounds like those producers don't have very much respect at all for the source material. And with a story like God of War being told as well as it is in the video game, hopefully, much like what I'm seeing from The Last of Us TV adaptation, they're really not going to stray far away from the source material here. Well, if they do do a God of War TV show, they can't stray from the source material because it's absolutely perfect the way it is. Diamond, isn't it? It's dynamite. And also, they can't do the other typical... Netflix thing. I don't want to dunk on Netflix too much, but I just know that they, they don't do have it. a great history of handling no. TV adaptation. That Resident Evil TV series was Got canned, awful. Right? Yeah, I tried. Yeah. I tried watching it. Nah, I like Resident Evil. I don't like Resident Evil TV series. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? They never do a third series or anything, so it always gets cancelled, right? I mean, The Witcher being the obvious exception, but they they're fucking that up or doing their best to anyway. Who knows? Team Cavill. That's all I'm going to say for the moment. <laughs> um, but. The other thing is, I don't trust anyone really, but Netflix particularly. I I wouldn't trust them to not try and cram too much into the first series and then cock up the pacing of the story. But before we get uh, too far away from the topic at hand, story's been great. Combat's challenging, but completely fair. Like, no qualms with that. I found two Valkyries so far. I believe there's nine to find. 
Oh, sorry, I found three, but I've beaten two. They're great fights. Looking forward to seeing how the rest of those play out and looking forward to seeing how the rest of the game plays out. Very good. I'm really looking forward to hearing you get to the conclusion of this game and hearing your final opinions. And also, yeah. you know, honestly, what you make of the new game plus as well. It sounds like you're absolutely going to go back and do it. And uh, yeah, I would highly recommend that as well. We'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. I know that there's still plenty of little moves I need to find, get my best combos. Now, I've barely leveled anything up either, I should add. Oh, really? Like, that's uh, that's interesting. Because yeah. i I got to say, I was very surprised at just how quickly I was filling up the skill tree in this yeah. game. Oh, yeah, no, I've still got like... Uh, 200 and something thousand experience i haven't spent anything why <laughs> why because you don't need to no you don't need to but i i get it if you say for instance we talked last week where you don't know what your upgrades are going to be and you yeah. can't obviously but this is a game where you can get every upgrade man <laughs> there's no reason not to upgrade it adds so much value to the game when you get these moves you're like you're depriving yourself of content by doing this. I know, but so the original reason I did it is because I knew I was getting the Blades of Chaos and I didn't want to spank all of my experience into the Leviathan Axe before I tried everything out. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just, I just haven't done it. I just need to do it. <laughs> I'm not, like, it's not an active decision. I've just been enjoying the game so much that I just haven't even bothered. Like, and I'm still, I'm doing okay. Yeah, as long as you get the dodging down and, you know, your experience with Souls games will put you in good stead for this. Because it's kind yeah. of like... I would class this as, like, it's obviously not a Souls-like, but the combat, I would say, is Souls-light kind of Souls-ish, yeah. Souls-ish, yeah. Not, there's, there's no iframes. There's a dodge. Yeah, there's no iframes, yeah. but yeah. But no, so uh, excellent. 10 out of 10. Can see why it won Game of the Year. Masterpiece. So I think uh, that just about rounds up the catch-up, so why don't we move on to a cheeky bit of gaming news? <laughs> So, first news story today, PSVR 2 is set to launch in February of next year. And not only is it set to launch, it's got a price associated with it, Will. Ooh. We're looking at $550. Right, okay. PlayStation headset. So, which the price is of the a same price as a PS5. <laughs> yeah. yeah. None of this is standalone, I assume. You specifically need a PS5 to use this. Exactly. I believe it's it's roughly half the price of a new Meta Quest Pro, I believe, that the headsets are coming out. I think they were just over $1,000. No, they were £1,500, so $1,600, $1,700, right? So, I guess, actually, within the scope of things, then, considering you're getting a gaming console and a kind of VR side experience is what I would class the... PSVR as really it hasn't had the the capabilities and freedom of the software from a true VR PC experience um it's definitely a good way to perhaps experience VR before the pro version becomes regularly affordable well you'd know more about that sort of thing than I would man as our resident VR expert <laughs> I'm gonna call you as in the guy that bought a Quest 2 like two years ago and has played yeah, it exactly. a combination you've got one right 10 times or something. you've got one yeah 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 that's good enough I'll do. better than me there you go resident yeah. VR expert F it I'll take it are you sure about that apparently we're looking at some some pretty decent sounding games actually we've got Horizon Call of the Mountain is going to be available on VR we'll see we'll see is it a VR uh, experience or is it actually a decent fully fledged game you know let's let's See. The fact that they're chucking Horizon in there, though, that feels like a big deal. I mean, it's not it's not a world-beating franchise necessarily, but it's certainly popular. It's a popular franchise, you know. You yeah. could 
if you were thinking cynically, wonder if they were just using the IP to sell a VR experience uh, and entice more people over to VR. It's one of them ones because it sounds like it's, it doesn't quite have the gravitas to be that killer IP that's going to get you into VR, right? But it's better than, I don't know, fucking... I, I want to say Beat Saber, but I don't want to dunk on Beat Saber because Beat Saber is great. But you know what I mean? It's a, It's a bigger name than that, for example. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And I think that, if anything, this is just going to... I hope they sort of broaden the scope of the smaller games that are available on it because I think that those sort of smaller experiences would benefit uh, the VR headset more so than having lots of dedicated sort of really strong experiences. I just, you know, unless they're pulling out regularly kind of Half-Life Alex level of VR experiences, then I just... I think that, honestly... They'd be better with just widely increasing the range of VR titles available. It did feel like the PSVR suffered from lack of lack of titles, really. And uh... well, it's funny you say that because I'm looking at the uh, PSVR2 pre-order website right now, PlayStation.com, oh, okay. and one of the facts, frequently asked questions, is what games will be available for PSVR2. And what they've said is that more than 20 games are currently in development for the PSVR 2 from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners. Ah, okay. Including Resident Evil Village, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, No Man's Sky. Oh, that's been out. That's VR already. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, Demio, and the PSVR 2 exclusive Horizon Call of the Mountain. So that's, I mean, 20 titles. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, they're using those as the examples. Think those are the heavy hitters, right? Those are the yeah. ones they've chosen to use. So you know, other than the the projects that are obviously still confidential and they're not deciding to to speak about just yet, it's not promising. Sort of tying into story number two today, Sony are probably going to need to sell quite a few units at that uh, five hundred and fifty dollar price tag because apparently they are losing millions of PlayStation subscribers. Right. Uh, the the article I have here from Giant Freaking Robot. Excellent name, people. <laughs> Excellent name. It's not, not you know, it's no game rant, but uh, you know, no. it's up there. It's up there. It's certainly up there, man. I mean, it would be it'd be even better for me if they'd called it huge fucking robot instead. Big ass robot. Apparently, Sony lost two million subscribers on its PlayStation Plus service between July and September 2022, and they put it down to the restructuring of the service and the introduction of the multi-tier system. Right. So, looking at what those tiers actually sort of entail, they are called Essential, Extra, and Premium. Okay. The three tiers. So, Essential gives you the same benefit as the old PlayStation Plus. So you get your PS4 and PS5 monthly games, on online multiplayer access and exclusive discounts, cloud storage and all that good stuff. Right, right. If you buy the extra version, you get all of that plus a PS4 and PS5 game catalogue. I mean, they said there were only three tiers, but there's two more columns in this table I'm looking at called Deluxe and Premium. Now, Deluxe, which is available in markets without cloud streaming... Ah, okay. ...gives you... The same benefits as PS Plus, the PS4 and PS5 game catalogue, an original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP Classic games catalogue, along with PS3 remasters, and time-limited game trials on blockbuster titles. Well, that's just bullshit. Game demos. Great. Time-limited game demos, no less. Yeah, like, basically, whenever a Sony studio decides to kick out a title, that will yeah. be the exclusive demo. I'd be yeah, interested exactly. to see if any third-party uh, uh, game producers actually take part in that marketing. And then the, finally, the premium is exactly the same as the deluxe I've just mentioned there, but you also then get original PS3 games via cloud streaming 
and cloud streaming access for the original PlayStation, PS2, PSP and PS4 games. So Deluxe is available in markets without cloud streaming. The premium is available in markets with cloud streaming. Right. Okay. So they've addressed the the sort of issue that they had previously, which was the fact that cloud streaming just still, you know, as we discussed back in the Stadia episode, still isn't there yet uh, for mass consumption and downloaded games are still absolutely a requirement for most people and just finally on the uh, sort of saying what this is um your playstation plus essential is um we'll do it dollars fuck it 9.99 a month if you want the extra version it goes up to 14.99 dollars a month and finally the premium service is 17.99 dollars a month or 13 pound 49 a month so that's i mean well right on the face of it there it doesn't take a genius to figure out that you are not getting nearly as much value as you are for the games pass um it seems Absolutely like not. they can't games pass ultimate for comparison which is like everything yeah 10.99 so that's the highest most premium tier that xbox offers uh which also has a i believe much larger selection than playstation does and all of the titles to my knowledge are available to download none of the titles are restricted to online only which uh you know it's been some time since i actually checked out ps now so you know a good few years in fact maybe about three years but there were still plenty of titles that were cloud play only and that was something that i wasn't aware of before i gave my trial a go and uh, was very pleased that i i cancelled my trial as a result because a lot of the old games that you wanted to play were cloud only why would they make something cloud only when the service isn't fully up to speed sorry to say you know not nothing against it really but they just can't match up to the value of the Game Pass. And I wonder if that's part of the reason why. I mean, I can think of a couple reasons why so many people will be leaving PlayStation. Namely, the uh, the PS5 availability uh, versus yeah. Xbox availability <laughs> and the fact that the Game Pass offers so much value. Uh, also, the fact that uh, PlayStation has had a bit of a lull in terms of its big hitting exclusives. I know we did just talk about Ragnarok, but let's yeah. be honest, we've had Demon Souls, Ragnarok, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Uh, yeah, I'm trying desperately to think. Of I don't know whether yeah. we've had very many more, uh, to be honest with you. Big, heavy. Oh, and obviously, excuse me, and obviously Horizon Forbidden West as well. Yeah, but that really is it. Yeah, they have they have really kind of stagnated there, and that was usually where their kind of strength was. So this is a bit of a turn up for the books for PlayStation. I also think that uh, there's also you know a growing market of PC gamers as well, and I think it, you know more and more people are playing on PC. I think that uh, streamers are having kind of like quite a big influence on the choice of you know how people game. I think there's probably more and more kids out there that are wanting to own a uh, nice little tidy 40 series setup than they are a Series <laughs> X or a PlayStation 5, and uh... and then rightly so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't blame them for trying, you know. <laughs> this year, Santa, I want an RGB cable setup with a 4090 graphics card, an i9-9000X700 processor. <laughs> you want what? You <laughs> spoiled dick. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know why Santa sounds like that. <laughs> but no, man, um, I, I agree with everything you've just said there, and to me this is surprising for the reasons you've just outlined in terms of like sony used to dominate this sort of thing the exclusives were on point but a three-tiered price system and looking at that table just now doesn't look like you get that much more value at the higher tiers no not unless you're interested in playing ps2 ps3 ps1 titles and stuff like that which no. you know a lot of which people are not backwards compatibility that shit anyway oh wait no you can't because <laughs> it's not xbox and they didn't fucking think it through 
Nope. Jesus. Uh, by the way, we're not paid Microsoft shills here. Like, yeah, this, this is, just, is just really we're just speaking straight facts right here. <laughs> Our favorite executive really showing that he's good at fucking everything up. Oh yeah, the bitch. I think they're pinning a lot of hope on the cloud gaming service, which frankly there isn't a market for just yet, or there isn't much of a market for just yet. Will it come? Sure, but we mentioned this a few episodes ago. The infrastructure needs to be there first before that is going to become a big thing. And yeah. until better infrastructure is in place and affordable for everyone, it's just not going to happen. So to pin your money and hopes on that seems short-sighted to me. Obviously, we're not in the boardroom, so we don't know all the conversations. But yeah, man, just seems very silly. And as I mentioned at the top of this item... Gonna need to sell a few of those VR headsets to offset some of these losses. Come on, Sony, we need a uh, pretty damn solid VR and a Call of Duty killer. Yeah, and Bloodborne on PC. Yes, if you do that, always, that'll make you a shitload of money. Goes without saying. I like that we try and chuck that in as much as we can, just in, in case there's a Sony exec listening to this thing. <laughs> hey, I think these guys have really got their fingers on the pulse. We should really... Yeah. Uh, we, we could yeah. be the straw that broke the camel's back, man. And I am very happy to be that straw. And we get free <laughs> copies as a result? What? Yeah? What? Oh, Jim, you shouldn't. Oh, go on then, we'll take it. We'll take it. Miyazaki wants to meet us? Well, oh, we'll man. check our well, diary, you know. I was going to say, we're busy guys, busy guys. But... <laughs> Well, you say they might need a new a new title, a new IP or something. This isn't really a PlayStation exclusive, I don't believe, nor is it being touted as one, but I know that news story number three is very exciting for you because yes, we now indeed. have a little bit of a Hideo Kojima dump. And what I mean by that is I have three little nuggets here, all to do with our good friend Hideo Kojima. Yeah. I mean, I heard a Kojima leak this guy. I think we're talking about different kind of leaks. That's nasty. Hideo Kojima and his studio, Kojima Studios, have been working on a new game, a new IP, uh, which apparently is going to be called Overdose. That's right. And we have had some screenshots leak. And the article I have here from the gamer says, and I quote, Hideo Kojima's Overdose screenshots leak in glorious potato quality. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is correct. I will say that uh, I think a lot of these screenshots are in fact just kind of captured from a video. And at least the right. uh, the leak footage that I'd seen was a guy recording a screen of a mobile phone using his mobile phone. And I kept on like he was shirtless while he was filming. And you right. kept on catching this shirtless dude in the reflection <laughs> of the phone screen <laughs> while I was watching this extremely blurry footage. So I kind of feel like that was the same footage that the article used. And they just like right. heavily cropped and zoomed in. So of course it looks like a fucking picture of Bigfoot. Dear me. So well, it's no wonder it's fucking potato quality if you're recording matey's phone off a phone with a reflection of a topless dude. And you know, it's a screenshot obviously... of that at that to yeah, a heavily compressed me, YouTube yeah. video, no doubt. Like, <laughs> yeah, nightmare. Jeez. Oh yeah, it's hardly fucking surprising then, isn't it? And uh, yeah, as the article kind of backs what you just said, there two incredibly blurry images of Hideo Kojima's overdose have leaked online, um, apparently showing the same footage that was leaked earlier this summer, which I fucking somehow managed to miss. I didn't even realise that there was leaked in the summer. Apparently, uh, overdose is one of the worst kept secrets in the gaming industry. That's absolutely true. <laughs> That's absolutely, of course it is. Yeah, it's rumoured to be the cloud project that Kojima is working on with Xbox, apparently. That's correct. But yeah, so... Do we think this is Kojima Studios potentially putting it out there deliberately to be a bit sort of provocative, have people talking about it like we are now? I guess I'm coming coming from the perspective that Kojima titles typically uh, are surrounded by masses of leaks, masses of uh, sort of cryptic messages from Kojima, 
so much supposed ideas about what he's secretly working on, secretly who's involved in the project. A guy like him and the games that he produces is just absolutely surrounded by so much intrigue when they come out. It has, following the footage leaks, been confirmed that Margaret Qualley, uh, who was also playing as Mama in the Death Stranding title, appears to be, from the footage at least, the playable character of the game, which is essentially Margaret Qualley wandering around in sort of like a dark, dilapidated building, uh, potentially seeing a ghost or two in the background. They kind of flash up very briefly on the screen. Uh, she's kind of holding a flashlight, uh, walking around in a sort of blue gown that could perhaps be maybe like a hospital kind of gown. I, I couldn't quite make out, uh, again, from the very grainy footage. I'm hardly surprising if it's on a phone screen on a phone screen in someone's pocket <laughs> yeah. with a topless dude looking at it and licking it or whatever you said earlier. So yeah, really yeah. What I did notice uh, in terms of gameplay from that is that she's walking down the corridor and then occasionally you'll see sort of red dots, red triangles flash up on the screen. And I was right. reminded quite a bit of uh, Detroit Become Human and some of the other titles by David Cage. That was kind of making me think that, are those just button prompts that you're seeing on the screen? Or, you know, is that something else that it's suggesting? But it did appear that, you know, so the end of the trailer follows uh, Margaret hiding away. Uh, I think her flashlight starts failing and then she gets caught, ending in a game over screen. Uh, and then you see the words Kojima Productions above the yeah. uh, of the title, confirming that that is indeed the, the footage. I think that the, the footage surfacing, the two minute long footage, is, is relatively new. I think that there was some footage that a games journalist revealed and has since confirmed that it's the same footage that he saw back then. However, I'm not sure whether the actual full two minutes of footage was leaked back in the summer. I think this is more of a recent development. Maybe it was just like amongst the insiders or something like that. It's... Yeah. You do have those closed demo type deals, don't you? So maybe it was one of them. Speaking uh, in an interview recently with The Guardian, Kojima uh, spoke a little bit about the game and said, if this succeeds, it'll turn things around, not just in the game industry, but in the movie industry as well. Sounds like some Kojima bollocks, that. It, yeah, absolutely. That's Kojima <laughs> kind of gusto and, you know, selling yeah. his project and saying how ground, you yeah. know, it's the, it's, he could be describing Death Stranding uh, with yeah, that exactly, sentence. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, that again, it's the, it's the comment about the movie industry there. Again, that makes me think of David Cage movies, which I always see as a sort of real blend of cinematic experience and games, more so than, you know, a lot of titles that even say that they're a blend of cinematic experiences and games. Those David Cage things are essentially cutscenes with button prompts for the most Well, Heavy part. Rain is just one big quick time event, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah, you control your character around every so often, but there's large, large portions of the game where you don't do anything other than press buttons as they appear on the screen. Jason! It does look to be like another horror-themed game as well, and I'm just glad to see that he's continuing down the horror genre because we got a bit of taste of that in Death Stranding. It was achieved very well, um, you know, in the in the portions of the game that it was implemented. So, you know me, I do like myself a horror title, so I'll be interested to see what this is like. Significantly less interested if this turns out to be a kind of a quick-time event type game, though, i got to say. <laughs> Interestingly, you mentioned other horror games there because the second sort of nugget of this Kojima dump is that... Uh, he has also addressed rumours that he might be involved in a game called Abandoned, which is an upcoming horror game from Blue Box Studios. Ah, yes. Uh, he has been linked to potentially working on this with the studio, but he has actually come out um, to address these 
popular rumours and fan theories, as this article is calling them. During the sort of the height of these rumours, they were absolutely going into overdrive around Kojima and Hassan Karaman from Blue Box uh, working in partnership, and obviously Blue Box doing absolutely nothing to dissuade those rumours, and in fact actively contributing and stirring the pot. It's free publicity, right? <laughs> to be fair, as a result, uh, Kojima has actually ended up coming out and saying that He's received a barrage of questions about this, apparently. No doubt. <laughs> Feverish Kojima fans. <laughs> well, and to quote him, it's actually it's become really quite a nuisance. <laughs> that's that's a very Kojima-esque way of uh, addressing that. <laughs> Gotta love the bloke, right? But, um, you know, but essentially he's gone on to say that he's got nothing to do with it. Blue Box are doing their own thing on it. And, uh, you know, whilst it's sort of touching that people are so happy that he might have been linked to it that he's not at all involved in this so sorry to all the kojima fans out there that might have been getting excited about his involvement with it but uh it's just simply not true unless he's playing us all for fools again which you know with <laughs> kojima you just never know right the next thing you find out is is that uh goddamn overdose is just a working project title for abandoned and it turns out that abandoned yeah. actually who was originally i believe supposed to be a working project title for silent hill that was one of the rumors yeah. that i heard i was oh gonna say God. i was about to joke that abandoned is just a, it's just pt yeah <laughs> It comes full like circle, He's actually baby. still working with Guillermo del Toro and they're actually just releasing It was all Hill. a nightmare. Kojima never got fired from Konami. Phantom Pain came out and it was a fully complete game and all is well. And and he was actually, he was the one that made Survival. Ugh. Who knew? Who knew? And, he, and it was good. <laughs> yeah, every, and it was really good, but everyone just didn't get it. Oh, James. It was just a little bit too obscure. I don't want to wake up from this dream. Don't pinch me. <laughs> Final sort of Kojima nugget here that I've got. Um, and all of these articles have had the same picture of Kojima looking <laughs> smug next to his logo, by the way. It's so great. But uh, the other thing to come out of uh, sort of recent interviews and things with Kojima is that apparently he has received multiple ridiculously high offers to acquire Kojima Productions, all of which he's rejected. <laughs> all of which are from Jim Ryan. <laughs> Are you sure that you didn't get the articles confused and it's not Kojima saying, listen, this Jim Ryan is really quite a nuisance now. Actually, he just needs to lay off, okay? He keeps <laughs> talking about Death Stranding 2 exclusive. Di it's not happening, buddy. Yeah, man, no. I, I really wish that that was the case, but <laughs> it's unfortunately not, no. Apparently, he's turned down all of these offers, uh, making it clear that he wants to sort of stay in control, have his own independence, which I, for one, am completely in favour for because you can't have a fucking leash on this man. Yes, exactly that, yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, you need to have his creativity untethered and let it go. He also mentioned, goes on to say that Kojima Productions isn't slowing down, um, which is probably why there was some acquisition interest because they've obviously already had Death Stranding release and things like that, but potential evidence of a Death Stranding sequel being in the works, apparently. Not to mention uh, Overdose that we've just talked about and... Uh, all the continued rumours of other things that he may or may not be involved in. So I respect it. Good on you, Kojima, for not selling out, keeping your independence. Not much more I can say about that. I think I look forward to seeing what Kojima Productions produce in the future. Damn straight. So with that, we come to the end of the news. And uh, I think now it's time if we move on to the... A Games Challenge! Within is what I challenge you to play, James. And I'm very much looking forward to hearing how you got on with it. This is a, a game that I did enjoy playing. How did you get on, man? Well, so as I sort of alluded to at the very top of the show, really, 
initially the, the the fact that this wasn't God of War was really upsetting <laughs> to me. This isn't a fucking Leviathan axe. Exactly. Where's my Blades it's, of Chaos? Uh, <laughs> it was it was a struggle at first. I won't lie. Uh, that being a fairly big reason for it, but not a huge reason. I mean, I'm sort of joking a little bit when I say that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's kind of this this game was a bit of an odd one. So compared to the other two horror games that you've set me, yeah, being Resident Evil Four and Condemned, I would probably say I enjoyed this one the least. I'll be honest; that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I think the Condemned is a stronger game uh, in terms of a first playthrough experience. Yeah, and Resident Evil Four is absolute classic. No surprises there. And, and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this. The game definitely grew on me as it went, right? But my first impression was honestly that it was all just a little boring. Yeah. It was all yeah. just a little boring. The mechanics were kind of boring. And this is especially compared to Condemned, right? Yeah. This game ended up having a really cool story. Ended up being the, the operative there. <laughs> yeah. But at first, it just it really didn't get my juices going. Because you, you start off your a detective called Sebastian, as you mentioned Castellanos. in the show last week. Castellanos. 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 Si, si, Sebastiano Castellanos. He does not sound like uh, doesn't sound Spanish. anything like that <laughs> at all. He's a no. gruff American. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you walk into a, a mental hospital, I believe it is, and there's just dead bodies fucking everywhere. Lots yeah. of, one thing I'll say at the top of this is that there's fucking shitloads of blood, gore, body horror <laughs> yeah. in this game, right? No subtlety whatsoever. This is no. like someone took the formula, for, and I kind of mentioned this briefly in the last episode, took the formula for a game like Silent Hill, completely turned it on the head and was like, yeah. we need fucking torture devices, spiky walls. Lots of fucking reds everywhere. Fuck it. Let's make the guy have barbed wire exploding out of him. That's edgy. Yeah. <laughs> There's hey, a lot this of dude's that. got a safe for a head. Yeah, yeah. let's fucking do that. But no, so you sort you start off in the hospital, like go walking in. Yeah, in in chapter one, there's 15 chapters in this game, right? And then chapter one, you're very much on rails. Is you don't really do a lot. It's setting the scene slightly tutorial, right? So it's a very slow start. As a result, I got the impression initially that it was going to be a very sneaky game. Yes. And yeah. Now for me, I like sneaking in games. I don't massively enjoy a whole game that forces me to be stealthy. And for the first chapter or two, I was worried that this was going to be a stealth game. Classic one-button stealth kills and things like that quite yeah, early yeah. on. It, yes, it gives you that impression. But as I say, as I got going, the game sort of expanded a bit. It became a lot more hectic. It does, for yeah. Sure. This could well be as a result of my playstyle slightly with it, because what I essentially ended up doing was similar to my RE4 run. I tried to avoid combat where possible, because... Ammo's not exactly scarce in this game, but it's not abundant, right? Like, you, you need to conserve it to a degree. Yeah. And as we'll get onto later, you need that shit for the bosses, right? 100%, yeah. You need that shit. Fuck me, some of the bosses here have massive health bars, it's unreal. So my player style was essentially to avoid combat where possible. I'm making the beeline towards the end of the mission. I'm doing very little exploring in this game. And I was conserving ammo as much as possible. Now, that meant I was doing a lot of stealth kills where I could. It meant I was doing a lot of running around, getting enemies to follow me, and making them hit the traps that are strewn throughout the game. Yeah, that's definitely intended, yeah. And it's also made me use a lot of fire. <laughs> right okay yeah fire is op in this game i i think it's it's intentional the fire is meant very to much be there yeah. yeah yeah so so let's get into the weapons then a little bit what weapons did you like what did you use the most i spent the vast majority of the run with a pistol and a shotgun okay yeah 
Yeah. I kept on finding crossbow bolts and various things like that. Did I find a fucking crossbow? No. <laughs> what? What at all? Did you 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 went through the whole game without the crossbow? Yeah, whole game without the crossbow. My God, man! And now I know from <laughs> looking it up afterwards that's oh. literally on a table in quite an obvious place in chapter three. That is so funny to me because the crossbow is like the most useful fucking thing in the game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's like goddamn. I have since watched the speed run, my and God. I now see that electricity bolts would be. Useful oh my in this God. game. So many of the bolts are amazing in that game. Yeah. I kept on flying ice bolts, flash bolts, electricity bolts, javelin bolts them all, that mate. will shoot through someone and impale them on a wall. Yeah. I think there's a fire one, isn't there? The, is that the fire one's amazing because the fire ones, it will latch to any surface, including enemies, and then it does like a massive spinning fire cascade that anything it touches, oh, it'll wow. just ignite them. Well, that would have been handy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to jump ahead, but like, I really want to know if you completed this game without that crossbow. You know, I assume that you got a lot of good use out of the shotgun then, because the pistol is very much kind Pistol's of crap, mate. It's yeah, Pistol's it's used crap. as a delaying thing. It's used to make them stumble, and it's used to occasionally, very occasionally, get a lucky critical headshot, which kills them in one. Yeah, very. No, I I use the pistol to kneecap people a couple of times. <laughs> that's that's the main. Yeah. And maybe putting a couple of bullets into the odd boss here or there because I had nothing else, right? Okay, so tell me how you uh, got on with the actual combat. Then how did you get on? While well, no, I will finish. I'll finish off your question about the weapons first. Yeah, yeah. Because as we got later into the game, I found the Magnum and that. Yeah, oh, tasty. Game changer. Yeah, absolute game changer. Right? Yeah. So you asked me there how I dealt with people. As I mentioned, there was a lot of running around, a lot of running <laughs> in circles, a lot of avoiding things. I mean, uh, I wasn't going to mention this right now, but I will say that uh, you obviously you collect green gel throughout the game, which is used Gotta to upgrade your stats. Uh, I upgraded only one stat on Sebastian, which was his stamina bar. How is a police officer that is that unfit allowed to be on oh, the force? Dude, I don't, don't get it. He can run like Jeez, 10 metres before he gets winded i know it's ridiculous it's worse than Geralt in the witch oh, uh, yeah it really is yeah it's, it's bad and not only that when if you get too low he literally has to stop and go on his legs like yeah oh, that's geez. exactly it that's the worst thing isn't it and you can't be stopping in that game no you yeah you game. you screw yourself over a lot by doing that. yeah that's funny that you went all, just all in for stamina though it fits with your place though if you're running through conserving ammunition then it makes sense can't run out of puff while you're running away and the only other thing I upgraded further down the line was the damage, fire rate, and something else on the Magnum. I forget. I think it was the crit chance. Nice, yeah. Early game was a bit of a struggle as a result of all of this, right? So <laughs> As a result of the fact you were missing your primary weapon, yes. Y yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't... Re I was like, I'm surely I'm going to find this at some point, right? And I was just like, no, just never fucking found the car. That's hilarious, man. It's not, but it is, right? <laughs> um, so as a result of my techniques of running around a lot, looking for traps... Not exploring much. A <laughs> lot of trial and error in this, I've got to say. I died so much. Oh my god, man. I, I died a shitload of times. It's it's insane how many times I died. Hey, it's a tough game, and I honestly feel like it's intentional because they really wanted you to see all the death animations. Yeah, and I've actually written down a couple of my favourites here. <laughs> oh, very nice. You prepared a list I've, of favourites. I've given them I've given them my own names. Um, the so, choppy neck uh, stab stab McBleedy. There's the stomp and twist. Oh, I like the stomp and twist. Which I think is the basic sort. It's probably one of the most basic and common ones, but it's where you, you get knocked to the floor and then some guy just basically fucking crunches your head <laughs> with his foot and twists and, it, and your neck goes. Oh, lovely. Uh, oh, brutal, man. Um, I also enjoyed chunky explosions. If you get exploded by like a, a trap or whatever, yeah, like you just go flying everywhere and it's just great. 
I love the the physics for that one as well. I've had it a couple of times where like my body goes flying, but my legs are still standing up. And yeah, stuff. yeah, <laughs> it's really good. But yeah, I, I died so many fucking times in this game, and 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 a lot of it was me being pig-headed, honestly, just like getting impatient. Well, it's impatient, but also I'd committed to my strat early doors, and I didn't waver from it. I'm fucking getting through this game, making it infinitely harder for myself, apparently, and just fucking <laughs> doing it right. So. When I got the Magnum, it was the Magnum for bosses and shotgun yeah, for everything else. Resident Evil tactics right there. Exactly. And the other thing I made extremely good use of was the grenades. They're great as well. In lieu of a, a crossbow, the grenades yeah. would have been absolutely essential for you. What I want to know is, did you discover the uh, the use of the, the shotgun match combo, essentially, which is to get enemies to group up into an absolute ball and then you knock them all off their feet with the match and then set them on fire in a big pile and one match yeah. you can light up to like four or five zombies. Yeah, so not, not quite, but I did use that. I didn't knock them all over. I'd knock one of them over, light that guy up because his corpse would also, for maybe a frame or two, would stop the others advancing. And that gives you enough time to get locked into the animations, trap the match down and set them all up. Yeah, even the guys that are standing up on the ground will actually still yeah. be lit as long as they're touching the model of the one that's on yeah. fire. And even once or twice, actually, I'm pretty sure I've lit someone and then someone's actually run over and then lit themselves on fire trying to get to me. So it's it's good. And so similar to that technique as well, the other one I would use is if I'd killed someone earlier. Like the, I don't know if it's because I'm on PC or if it's a Nintendo game mechanic. The corpses don't go straight away, straight away. Mm, yeah. But on occasion, I was able to kill someone, attract others over to the corpse that I just That's killed, right. and then light yeah. that on fire yeah. instead of... so. Which, uh, funnily enough, is how I beat the first sort of boss of the game, which is um, a chap called The Sadist. <laughs> this motherfucker killed me about... <laughs> 20 times well without the crossbow mate i'm not surprised don't rub it in i didn't know at this point all right so i i've died to this motherfucker because he has so much health yeah, my god yeah this is pre-magnum i will say you know in james's defense it's like four Rat chapters before the magnum i had my sh i had a shotgun but no help whatsoever right so the way i actually did this was i had to unlock him from his gate I tried to get him to walk towards the bomb that's sort of just next to him, but that doesn't really, it's a bit mm, inconsistent. Yeah. You, I've exploded myself a few times doing <laughs> that as well. But as he comes out of his little shed, there's a couple of corpses there straight away. I was able to get him a couple of fire shots in with that, and I had oh, to be very clever. careful to use both, not light them both at the same time. I had to be very careful. As I say, a lot of running around in circles in this yeah. game, getting people to follow me, right? I would then run him outside to other mobs who I would have to do the shotgun match technique for to get him on fire. And this was all massively trial and error because sometimes the mobs would get me. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he'd catch up with me. And if he catches me, it's, it's I think, a two shot. I think you can survive one hit. Yeah, with, a, with an unupgraded health bar, yeah, he's going to take yeah. it down real quick. Took a while, but got there in the end. I was quite disappointed, i got to say, that the chainsaw breaks were when you use it to chainsaw yeah. the chain open. <laughs> and you can't use it in the interim either as a melee weapon. Yeah, that, that was the other well. thing. Yeah, I mean, like, it would have been fine if, kind of like, uh, similar to Bayonetta, when you've got a key for the door or whatever, when you first pick them up, they can be used as a weapon. And yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to give you a little opportunity to run around with a chainsaw, just for some fun, you know, more than anything. Exactly, just for a little bit, yeah. yeah. So no, so that just that is sort of a microcosm of how I did a lot of the bosses and, and general combat in this game. Um, sort of strewn in between other bosses, which we will get onto shortly, there were a lot of sections, some of which were quite empty and clearly there to build story. 
and some of which were sort of these fucking trap-filled gauntlets of hell. <laughs> Sounds about right. And there was one where you're in a kitchen and the lights go out and flames are coming from the ceiling. There's little, <laughs> you know them robots that do your hoovering? Yeah, yeah. Rumba Rumbas, robots, I think yeah. they're called. Uh, there's like them, but saws. Yeah, saw blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't think I'm in a mental hospital anymore. <laughs> no, oh, well, so yeah, to to sort of cover that, uh, the basic premise of the story is you are inside some dude's mind, right? That's right. Yeah. Linked with a bunch of other people whose memories are all getting smushed together, That's but right. being controlled by the one central character who's called Ruben Victorio Ruvik. Who initially just appears as this spectre-looking motherfucker. Edgy-looking, just... hooded dick. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was all scars and stuff, but it turns out it's burn wounds, right? Because mm. uh, his whole shtick is that he's a really gifted scientist, focusing mainly on neurology. But as a kid, I think it's him and his elder sister, Laura, got trapped in a barn that was set on fire by some peasants who were jealous of the rich family or were treated badly by his rich family or something like that. And he gets out of the fire alive, but Laura dies in said fire. Mm. Mm. And that's kind of his whole reason for developing the STEM system. He did it because he was trying to bring her back to life, I believe. But what it actually ended up being is just some next level horror show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally horror show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, there's other bits to the story as well where, like, the doctor who was working at the hospital and helped him get test subjects, like materials, equipment and things like that ended up betraying him and trying to take the project for himself and like publishing Ruvik's work as his own and stuff like that. And I've got to say that bit sort of doesn't really factor too much into the story. That gets mm. sort of lost, which <laughs> I thought was a bit odd. Think. Yeah, maybe. It's almost as if it's just a memory that's fleeting and does nothing <laughs> to do with the main arc of the story, right? And this is why I say like the story is very cool, but it's fun convoluted I'm, I'm not sure i get everything even having okay well i'll say this now because i was about to spoil it anyway i i did actually end up completing it. hey Somehow. congratulations <laughs> well done man you managed to crush it through yeah but it was painful it was painful. <laughs> but no so as so as a result like i finished the game and i still don't know if i get everything it's just bizarre how convoluted this story was but yeah, so, you know, as I say, it's sort of strewn between these boss fights to sort of these sort of massive trappy sections. There are also quite a lot of puzzly bits. There are, yeah. Similar to Resident Evil, I'd say, which isn't really surprising given that I believe the director of Resident Evil 1 and 4 was the guy that directed this. Yep, that's absolutely right. Yes, yeah. I, I, I really, uh, really enjoyed the weirdness of the game. It just had a very kind of unique feel when you go into the sort of the dream world where you can save your game and interact with the nurse that handles your upgrades. It's just yeah. all so kind of ethereal and unsettling. I don't know about you, but I think that it heavily borrows from things like the Saw movies as well. You were talking about the spinning oh, circular saws in the ground, yeah. but that kind of aesthetic of like tiled clinical environments that are completely decrepit and surrounded by rusted equipment and for some reason torture devices <laughs> well and it's funny you say that because there's one bit where um and it's one of these waves of enemies type sections i mentioned briefly earlier you're a detective and you have sort of two companions there's your partner called joseph that's right and, there, and there's a, a junior detective and i'm doing massive air quotes there right called kidman she's actually when you first encounter her in the ruvik world She's in a water tank. That's right, filling up. That is slowly filling up, and you have to kill loads of waves of enemies and then free her from the water tank. That gave me some proper saw vibes. Because it's like, yes. oh yeah, this is filling up, and you have a minute to find the key. Where is it? Oh, it's in my back! Oh! <laughs> yeah. 
I think a lot of this game was very action orientated, which I was quite surprised about in the end. It is. Even the puzzles are, um, you know, more in a lot of times, they're not very challenging and feel more like a device to be more edgy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like the one where you're in Ruvik's mansion and you have to put the the um, the spike in the right section of the brain. That's right, yeah. Those weren't hard at all, but they were really cool in developing the the story and the aesthetic of the game. And actually, right? that one in particular is is very similar to the sort of uh, the challenges that you would see in the Saw video games, even. Oh, I never played any of them, but I can totally believe it, yeah. But as I say, very action-heavy, which... Uh, was fine except for the fact that in hindsight i wish i'd had a crossbow with electric <laughs> stuff that i could freeze everyone with and then set one person on fire freeze but, blasts hey. explosives oh man yeah i know i've seen i've seen it all now the, yeah, the I javelins i will say the the ones that you could fire those are your boss killers before you get the magnum oh really 100 percent. i think that they do so much damage and if you upgrade them to the maximum damage they it's obscene they're talking about the other bosses then i suppose uh I think this was more of a mini boss, but when you're going towards the church section, because you're following Leslie, who's um, disturbed for lack of young a lad. Term, a dis- uh, yeah, dis- I think that's brilliant. A disturbed <laughs> young lad, and I believe that his whole gimmick is that he's the only one to have escaped Ruvik's clutches before, and he also has the exact same brainwave or something. So he's very key to Ruvik being able to escape from the world that he's been trapped in. Didn't really get it, as you can probably tell, but <laughs> that's what I garnered. But before you get to him, you fight a church guardian who's just a big old mob, like a big old mob, uh, who then brings out another friend, the other church guardian. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, God, this one was a pain in the ass too. This this one was where I sort of first used grenades to quite good effect. Right, right. Because what I do, I, the, the first time I didn't know the second guy was coming, so I was like, oh, yeah, shit, I'll just kill this guy. And then, oh, shit, there's another one, fuck. I was able to get them sort of bunched together and then use grenades. The rest I'd just take out with shotgun. And also you actually have Joseph helping you with a sniper. And he's pretty decent, actually, with that sniper. And he is pretty decent. When he yeah. hits, he's decent. <laughs> yeah, but but this is the thing. If you bunch them up like I was doing, yeah. he hits quite regularly. Yeah, so yeah. actually wasn't too bad. The next one uh, that I've got written down here is um, Safe Boy, the Keeper. Yep. Yeah, that's a fun boss fight. I enjoyed that one. Well, so th- this is the thing. I remember two times of fighting this guy, like in terms of a proper boss battle. You do see him numerous times throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. But the first time, you're sort of in a section where you you have to kill him once, but then after that, okay, so he respawns. That's his gimmick. You only have to kill him once, and the rest you can spend your time running around. And eventually what happens is he fills up the corridors that you're running around in with a poison gas, and then knocks off the valve that you used to turn it off. That's right, yeah. So you have to go find a new crank wheel, attach it back to the valve, and then turn it before you can move on. And again, I died a lot to this, but I found through various trials and error that you beat him the first time, but then you can just avoid him, lead him down a certain path, go back another way to get back to where you need to go, and then do everything before he gets you. Right, yeah. It was okay once you got around a bit it felt like a bit of a coward's way to do it yeah but i was using what i had to work with right once again that's pre-magnum isn't it i think yeah yeah this is this is pre-magnum but then you fight the keeper again a second time later in the game and at this point i did have the magnum very nice but there's two of them but by this point magnum fully upgraded pew 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 boss done right i I think it was that simple it might have been pew 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 pew, it was two (laughs) or three shots each i can't remember yeah uh, the next boss who appears a couple of times that I've got written down here is Laura, the sister who I mentioned earlier. Yep, yep. And uh, per the lore of the game, the way to beat her easily is fire. As with most things in the game. Yeah, but with her particularly. Yeah. So I didn't actually kill her. 
I believe that you can kill her with fire because you can shoot the pipes and they drop flames down, which I did use a couple of times. Yeah. This is the spider lady sort of thing, right? That's the good way to put it, yeah. She's yeah. got like four arms. She's uh, a cool design as well. I liked her Really design. cool design, yeah. yeah. You never actually see her face from what I remember either, which is kind of cool. It follows the kind of the classic Japanese ghost design, sort of, a you know, a pale face covered in dark long hair, which is exactly yeah. what she looks like, except she's like a mess of hands and limbs as well. There's three more bosses I'd like to talk about briefly. One of them I've called Big Car Park, matey, because I don't know his <laughs> name but you can run around as a car park to avoid him and there's fire barrels and things so i was using that uh, i believe that by this time i had the magnum but i haven't i hadn't upgraded it fully so i was using that shotgun grenades the fire and a lot of luck a lot of luck it depended how much i could hit him depended if i got headshots or the equivalent of because um, I don't recall him having a head necessarily. He's just a mass of <laughs> body parts. But yeah, that took fucking ages, that one. That was brutal. The next one I've called Invisible Grabby Thing. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it comes out of a wall, grabs you as like invisible, but then it's just like a tentacly sort of jumpy boy. I think yeah. it was chapter 14, so yeah. right before the end of the game. That was a magnum, two or three bang. That wasn't too bad. I think I, think I might even have first timed that one. And then the final boss. And uh, this unfortunately it was anticlimactic because it was fucking easy oh there we go and and this and this wasn't i didn't use the magnum this was you know there's that section where you have like a machine gun on the back of a car and you use it very briefly just to kill out clear out some people yeah yeah you get one of those and you shoot his hand is that you it? Shoot his head you do a certain amount of damage or whatever he then throws you into a barbed wire spike that impales you <laughs> right and you're like fuck am i just gonna die here and then a body of the sadist from earlier falls down from seemingly nowhere, and what is he holding? A chainsaw. A rocket launcher. No! A rocket launcher! Oh my god, oh my so I god. So I should prefix this by saying there is, a, in the lead up to the final boss, there's various things you do. One of them is the, two, the dual keeper fight that I mentioned earlier. One of them is the most f***ing irritating light puzzle I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of thing where there's light eyeballs on the ceiling, they're pr- producing light and you have to walk in the dark and not get hit by the light or it takes you back to the start. Really annoying. But one of them was also a gauntlet of enemies. So you're killing waves, doing all that. And I was using the same techniques, run around, fucking hit and hope, set things on fire where I can. When you get to sort of the end of wave two, Sadis comes out with a rocket launcher, which luckily it's quite easy to avoid but then you have to kill him and you can't pick up the rocket launcher but that's where it comes from i think you have about 10 or 12 rockets oh this isn't this isn't a resident evil rocket launcher where it just triggers a a one bang (laughs) no it's not a one bang what you have to do is you aim for his head where ruvik's sitting and it's also an exposed brain by this point um and you you hit it four or five times and then you get the cutscene at the end and then the actual final thing you have to do is you wake up in the hospital you unplug yourself from the machine yeah and uh ruvik's brain is in is like his actual brain so no barbed wire and shit is in the middle on the machine you pick it out of that you chuck it on the floor and you stamp, stamp on, on it. it do you do a twist i don't recall doing a twist, no twist. But you get a very nice you get a very nice splash noise. noise that's nice I don't like the sound of a final boss fight being a turret fight for any duration of it, really. Uh, that's that's you know an immediate dark mark against it. It was nice considering that most other bosses I died to a bunch. But to be honest, I died more to the mobs and the traps and yeah. getting about. Yeah. Like, the amount of sections where I got completely overwhelmed, again, partly because of my playstyle probably, but also just the fact that the AI is nothing special in the mobs. 
but they just come out of nowhere. Yeah, they the follow numbers. they follow you to the ends of the earth. Yeah, there's not yeah. really a cutoff for there's that. There's no real diagro range to you know that's like noticeable. Yeah, I mean there is, but it's it's way too long for you to really use it. It's a pain. I hate things that try and get you to hide. I don't know what it is. I just don't like a, a game that forces you to hide and stuff. I get the point of why it's there. I don't know, I just find it really boring. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? I have had some cool moments, you know, where you go hide somewhere, you wait for them to lose interest, then you come out and you get the jump on them again and stuff like that, but yeah. But it's not really conducive for a games challenge that I have to finish in a week. No, no, that's no, no. That's the problem. So yeah, I mean, that's really my, my experience of the game, man. It was um, a lot of running, a lot of trial and error, a lot of deaths. It was fun, but I think the, ma- the main thing is it wasn't as engaging as Condemned especially, but all Resi 4. The story was good, but I, I, I just, it didn't quite grip me as much as those other ones. Like, I was very happy to finish it. Yeah. But not in the sense of, like, oh man, this was a great experience. It wasn't bad, don't get me wrong, but I just come away from it feeling a little bit meh, a little bit. This is fine. I'm curious to see what the second game does in terms of the story, but I don't know if I'd play it again. I think that's that's a pretty fair analysis, honestly, man. I think that that, you know, uh, is, is a fair opinion from what a game that I would consider is an attempt at emulating something as opposed to an attempt at doing something new. It was an attempt at a return to form for survival horror, or at least kind of like a long-awaited return to survival horror following Dead Space, which was sort of slowly moving away from that. At the time of release, it was definitely the sort of the best example I could think of of a modern-day survival horror shooter. But yeah, it's it borrows a lot from other games. You definitely don't see anything new. It doesn't particularly play with any unique ideas outside some of the puzzles. And if anything, they're more just sort of cool visual type things, cool, creepy kind of concepts that they play with. But it's nothing groundbreaking. Not a bad game at all by any standards. No, and definitely a lot better than I thought it was going to be when I started. I think that this is the sort of game where it takes a bit more from, say, Resident Evil 4 than from Resident Evil 2, in the sense that because enemies drop ammo, you do basically have enough ammo to take on most things. Also, the fact that you've got a stealth kill as well. I I feel like it's encouraged that you kill enemies because they not only drop ammo, they also drop small amounts of upgrade points. The game wants you to kill the enemies. The game doesn't want yeah. you to avoid the enemies as much as earlier Resident Evil titles did. So it didn't like my playstyle at all. But hey. Not really, yeah. That might have explained uh, uh, some of the issues that you had. But then again, yeah. you know, like I think that um, honestly, there was certainly a playthrough because I've, I've attempted this game a couple times. There was definitely one playthrough. I was like, I'm sure I found the shotgun before. Where is the bloody shotgun? It turns out I'd done very much the same thing. If you don't go into the room it's in, you just miss it, right? And it doesn't... It's- doesn't come up again. I'm not sure about the bow. I'm pretty sure the shotgun appears in two places if you missed it the first time, but... The bow f***ing doesn't. No. (laughs) And the thing is, you're not looking around for a crossbow, right? You just see a pile of junk on a table. You're not thinking, oh, that's a crossbow. You're, you know, kind of running through exploring. Easily done, but uh, well done on getting through the game without without a doubt the most uh, useful item of the game. Yeah. No, in hindsight, I'm quite pleased with myself. It's like you managed to complete Portal without the goddamn Portal gun. (laughs) (laughs) 16 to 17 hours, something like that. Very respectable time. That's about what I was thinking. It was quite stressful, I won't lie. But hey, it is what it is, and uh, you've pulled that's four ahead three now. for free. Back in the lead. <laughs> Feels good. Now. Feels good to be back on top, baby. <laughs> anyway, enough of this to-in and fro-in. I'm sure that you're now looking forward to hearing what I've got for you this week. I am. 
Well, I mean, there's, i got to say, with a slightly heavy heart, this is going to tear me away from Call of Duty, so I think that we're going to be having similar similar kind of feelings there. Hit me, man. What are you challenging me to? Well, I, I know that you're not going to like this as much as you will do COD, because I understand from the God of War Evil <laughs> Within Spirits. However, what I, I've tried to give you a game that I know you haven't played or haven't completed, certainly. It's quite fun. It's a bit of a laugh. It's just, it won't be what you want to play, right? Yeah, right. We'll see. That that's to be decided. No, no. I I, I think I'm I'm quite. Confident <laughs> no, I'm this, confident that uh, that you'll but, hate me. Um, <laughs> but your challenge this week is another completion challenge. Okay. What I would like you to play and complete this week is Saints Row Two. No way! Oh my yes god! Way. Okay. Right. As I say, I know that you want to be playing Modern Warfare Two. Right? <laughs> I, I know that's what you want to be doing. And as such, I thought, let's give Will something that is a fucking barrel of laughs. Yeah, it's fun. You as can hell. just have fun in this. You can fuck about. You can kind of do, you get a fucking pimp cane that's a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. What more could you want, right? Just complete it, get it done, and if you finish quickly, you can play more and more Fed again. <laughs> as long as you eat your vegetables. Nice one, man. I will do. I will have fun. And uh, let me. We'll look forward to hearing how you get on next week, man. Nice one, man. I'm looking forward to coming back with, uh, fingers crossed, a victory for myself. So with that, we come to the end of episode 12. What have we learned this week? Uh, I learned that, you know, sometimes it's easy to take your friends for advantage and, you know, maybe lose them, lose a part of yourself along the way. But sometimes uh, with the loss of a friend comes the gaining of magical, mysterious objects of power. So I'm just going to take my tambourine and uh, continue to cast spells. I might even, I don't know, I might even make the tambourine, make the bus arrive on time tomorrow. Who knows, you know, but... uh... Well, I'll tell you, that one would be magic. (laughs) Yeah. If you enjoyed what you heard and would like to hear more, then why not check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts, really. Just search Total Pod Mode and we're sure to be there. Uh, We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast itself on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames. And I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter. And I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. Thank you so much to all our listeners and viewers. It means the world to us that you get to the end of the show, make it this far, keep supporting <laughs> us. If you're hearing this now, we love you. And if you're hearing this now, hello. <laughs> Please feel free to tell your friends, rate us five stars where you can. It really means the world to us and helps a lot. I've been James. He's been Will. Now, f- off. now get the fuck out of here. Let's go. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye.